Hello and welcome to DigFinVox, Voices in Digital Finance. I'm your host, James DiBiazio. If you like this program, please subscribe to the newsletter or to the feed, like it, share it. Sharing is caring. Our guest today is Sapnandu Mohanty, the Chief FinTech Officer at Monetary Authority of Singapore. Sapnandu and I spoke about how the MAS is approaching sustainable finance the way that it's helping encourage the industry and its fellow regulators around the world come up with practicable ways to deploy technology and fintech to help shift the entire industry to a new way of doing business. But what is that new way? What are the challenges? What are the opportunities for people in the fintech space? Subnamdu, welcome to Digfinvox. Great to have you. Good to see you. Uh, good to see you. Uh, healthy and still doing okay. Everybody, yes, healthy and still doing okay is, uh, I think, for 2021, uh, a reasonable benchmark. But you know, I think the the idea of the we're not really here to talk about coronavirus today, but I think it does sort of raise the issue that we do want to talk yes. about, which is yes. you know humankind's impact on the environment and and then how we deal with the the financial and fintech aspects of that. Um, so you, as the Chief FinTech Officer at the uh, Monetary Authority of Singapore, have been uh, heavily involved in uh, helping MAS develop its, its green initiatives and so on for sustainable finance. Uh, so why don't we just start kind of, you know, high level um, break. I, I know you guys put out a, a big initiative sort of uh, late last year, um, you know, for people in financial services and, and the FinTechs, uh, what do they need to know about this? Well, uh, Jim, uh, as you as you as you rightly pointed out, that uh, some of the coronavirus is also reflective of our shift we got to make, and that's uh, that's uh, clearly a, 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 it has become a it has created that urgency more than ever that we should start doing this shift, this transition. And I'm 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 using the word transition very carefully because many times you hear we move from brown finance to green finance. But I'm going to speak in Asian context uh, context here, because Asia uh, generally you can't just leap into that green finance straight away. There'll be a transitory step, step to get there. And uh, I mean, if you look globally, numbers are quite big. Some say there are 23 trillion dollar worth of uh, uh, sustainable finance going into the market in the next 10 years. Uh, the market itself is growing high, very very rapidly. Uh, uh, in terms of investment of people putting money behind the green assets. But I think one of the things we got to understand that in Asia, uh, still we are on the path of uh, some kind of a growing uh, urbanization. And still today, 45 million people in Asia don't have access to electricity. And uh, fossil fuel is the most common uh, uh, way to get energy uh, sources. And uh, so Asia's uh, shift will be very, I said, uh, shades of green. Uh, we move from brown and slowly some light green and then, then get to the green, green, green uh, the end state green part. Uh, so as we transit this uh, shift from brown to green, uh, there has to be a, a thoughtful uh, transition in terms of what kind of data set we got to have to make that shift. How do we process the information which comes through us 
so that we are making the right investment as we shift to this new green finance and sustainable finance. We got to also start looking at that we have right technology behind it because a lot of this uh, choices we're going to make or where you're going to invest uh, requires a lot of data to be analyzed, a lot of data to be collected, a lot of data to be stored and, 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 and should be also trusted in many sense because you don't want to get in a situation where you are uh, where your data points are are, 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 are are questionable in many ways. So so we are in that point of time where we are making the shift. We have understood that we will make that shift in next, with a lot of urgency. Uh, the capital outlay is, is strong. Uh, the, the intention of both from regulatory side, policy side, government side, and the industry is quite strong in terms of putting money behind this shift. Uh, so Asia will see a lot of this shift happening very, very quickly, uh, almost every um, uh, regulatory uh, policy announcement you see, uh, green finance, risk manager related to green has become part of the narrative now. And everybody's thinking about a chief sustainability officer. So this has become a top priority for Asia and for the right reasons, because we, if we got to make that shift as soon as possible. And so similarly, MAS made that announcement last year. Our government also has put a 2030 uh, Singapore Green Plan. Uh, we have we are putting resources behind uh, even even universities, so they're teaching uh, the new leaders of the skill set required to deal with this uh, shifting uh, financing requirement. So, quite a 360 view of what is happening in the green space in every possible way. A lot of uh, financial institutions are are trying to work out ESG style policies. Um, and sometimes in response to regulation uh, or and sometimes uh, to shareholder requests. Uh, what, as, a, as a regulator, when you see these, how do you differentiate? Um, or, I mean, do you, do you, is this a, an area for a regulator um, other than just compliance with, with, with whatever regulations you, you put out? In the well, sense, are you, you know, how do you, do you have a feeling that you need to evaluate the the worthiness or the credibility of some of these uh, of some of these ESG uh, initiatives. Well, ESG when the S and G is far more complicated than E. When so uh, what we are talking just now is just E only the environmental related data, and I mean, Jim, you know, we we got to understand that the risk is real. Uh, by some estimate, uh, trillions of dollars of assets are already on the risk. Most of the coastlines are holding assets, uh, which is subject to the rising sea level. So financial assets will be under stress in years to come. So it's important for regulators to step in and make that uh, as an urgency so that we understand the real risk behind this assets they're holding. And, and if you want to do a stress test of uh, how the asset is going to stack up to, uh, and you put the green lens on that, the S and G lens on that, there'll be a real problem to deal with. So if you don't take that regulatory, uh, make the regulatory part of regulatory construct, we may end up in a big crisis, bigger crisis than green financial crisis, uh, the global financial crisis. And this crisis is irreversible. It's, you cannot reverse back. You cannot put money behind to fix the issue. It is a, it is a permanent damage uh, to the assets. It's a permanent damage to the place we, we live and we, we breathe and we, we, we spend our time. So there is this permanency in this whole risk so you, you want to constrain that, restrict that, and find a way to get out of this crisis. So 
regulatory construct is already there as part of the requirement for the banks to report their uh, uh, their, their risk management framework for looking at the asset and against the lenses of ESG. Do you see a bigger change coming for financial services around these sustainable issues in the way that it is Absolutely, no doubt about it, no doubt about it. Can we, can we get some idea of what that might look like? Because it's not just let's tick a box and we add a few factors to my, you know, to my portfolio risk process, right? I mean, there's, there's more going on here. I think the first thing is that you have to uh, start uh, doing a, uh, some kind of analysis on your assets. Uh, and see where, how much they're exposed to the, the ESG elements. Mm -hmm. And then you look at the, uh, then you ask this institution about the transition path. So there is whole, this whole, there's a, regulate, there's a regulatory reporting requirement. There's a taxonomy which has to be developed in terms of how do you report this? It has to be a common standard so that we are consistently reporting across different uh, asset class. So there's a whole piece of work being generated in terms of getting the taxonomy right. Uh, there's a whole piece of work going around getting the data collection right. The whole piece of work going, going, going around, how do you report this? Uh, and there's a there's whole piece of work going around that once you have this data, what are your transition plan? How do you make that shift? So there are, there are many layers of regulatory requirements which will start coming up as we, as we go through this, this space. So reporting taxonomy standards, provenance of the data, um, the transition plans will be part of the whole regulatory expectation as they get into this more and more deeper. So I think this is something every FI, every regulators will start uh, making this as part of their um, uh, risk management framework. How do you deal, uh, you're a regulator, how do you deal with the, the issues of, of trying to harmonize some of this stuff? So whether it's ESG or whether it's just normal day-to-day -day business that has nothing to do with this, uh, and any bank or asset manager or even fintechs uh, will will tell you that uh, particularly in a place like Southeast Asia, because every regulator is different, uh, it's super difficult to scale. It's it's very difficult to you know to, to operate cross border uh, unless you're you yourself are so huge you can just you know make it a cost of doing business. So um, because of the urgency around some of these issues, are you finding that in your talks with your fellow regulators in neighboring countries that is there a, a sense that these things can be harmonized or are we still back to well Singapore is very different than Indonesia which is very different than Thailand and yada 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 I, I, I absolutely um, because asset doesn't get created where you are regulated it is it is all over the place you your assets the assets are getting created in different countries different jurisdiction so the, the regulatory uh, or the policy uh, alliances uh, around this is a must. So that first and foremost, the taxonomy has to get standardized. And I, I, I want to re-emphasize re here because the taxonomy could have a different nuances based on the market you're operating because as I said, every country had to have a different timeline of how they switch. Every country has a slightly nuanced definition of the taxonomy itself. So there are these differences, but within a reasonable limit if differences exist, it's not a problem. But broadly speaking, regulators are talking to each other, policymakers, the green side, the ESG policymakers are talking to each other, trying to get the taxonomy right in Asia, Europe, and many other places. Now, that's one part of the big work. Of course, then comes the disclosure because you get your taxonomy right, but are you comfortable to disclose this data? And the data disclosure can have multiple layers of complication from an individual institution level, at a state level, at a country level. There are all kinds of layers of uh, 
filters to go through. Uh, so getting a getting a reasonable uh, trusted disclosure process, a trusted taxonomy or under, common understanding of taxonomy, and also uh, how do you verify this data? Because unlike other things, green data is actually sits at the endpoint of where the assets are created. It's a factory or an asset or yes. something. So it's the endpoint, right? So you you go to you go to you think about it, you just have to go and find a way to collect the data at the endpoint and bring the data to to some place and make that sense out of those assets. So data distribution, data collection, and data storage and data processing becomes a huge part. It's the same issue you are facing with the data issues around the world in terms of how do you move this data across multiple jurisdictions because a lot of other impact of this data, the data has got other issues also. It can be politically very complex. So that, so this are the, so there's a data issue to be dealt with. Uh, so broadly speaking, yes, you, uh, there is a discussion. There's a, and the incentive for that, uh, uh, I would say the incentive for that lies with uh, Jim is that the new finance, the new financial uh, incentive are for green projects, green assets. So if you want to have access to the new finance, there is a green obligation being built into it. So there's an incentive being created for accessing this uh, capital. Hence, there's a shift of behavior so that you can access this capital. So there's this incentive being built around, so the shift is happening. What do you see happening in the space of innovation and technology to, to foster all of this? Uh, FinTech, of course, predates these issues, but uh, do you see it being put to, to good use in, in this context? Uh, we looked at some uh, interesting. Um, uh, we looked at some interesting uh, data set, and uh, roughly speaking, the financial sector today has something around ten to twenty percent of the data you need to know for green reporting or to understand the green behavior. Eighty percent of data actually sits outside the financial sector, health sector, transport transportation sector. Um, uh, travel sector, uh, hospitality sector. That's where the data exists for you to do a comprehensive view of the uh, of the of the green um, uh, green finance you want to construct against. So fintechs, interestingly, have this has the natural ability to collect this data at the endpoint. Because think about all the payment uh, service providers; they have all the data about where you shop, where you live, where you, where you, uh, what stuff you're buying. So imagine this whole data set they have can define a certain amount of green behavior or sustainable behavior in your day-to-day -day life. So fintechs by design are best equipped to able to collect the data, make sense of it, and plug it back to the financial sector for a truly end-state comprehensive green finance uh, product construct. So, so that's one big advantage. Second, the rise of blockchain uh, has now become uh, a very, very useful tool in this space because the one thing you want to ensure the data are trusted. It is not something get manipulated on the process of getting collected. So the whole DLT blockchain technology will become very, very handy in this whole process. More going deeper, look at all the trade finance uh, technology development happening. You want to ensure the sources are sustainable. You want to ensure that they're moved in a sustainable way. The goods are moving in a sustainable way. So this whole supply chain finance with all the technology going behind it becomes a critical component in the infrastructure for collecting green data and making sense of it. IoT devices, 
uh, this are this will be very critical for us because these devices are our endpoint devices. They will collect data stored in a trusted way, encrypted, then transferred to a certain place for an, uh, understanding uh, the, the impact of the, of the finance you're making. I'll tell you one example. You may, you may go and check it out. The, uh, when the Fukushima disaster happened in Japan, a um, bunch of uh, scientists and engineers wanted to understand independently the radiation level and the atmospheric, uh, the, the impact on the atmosphere in terms of- right, The risk quality. of uh, radiation yeah. and- yeah. Yes. So they, they were quite smart. Uh, the bunch of people developed uh, small IoT devices, mobile devices, and they distributed among people in the in Fukushima area. And they started capturing independent data about the atmosphere and that data went to cloud. And today, if you go to their website, cefcast.org, globally, people are holding these devices. It's called citizen-enabled data collection process, which you and me can start collecting data from where we live. And if there are air polluting industry near us, it will quickly reflect independently the data uh, that there's something wrong with this, with this with the asset getting created around us. So, so there are a whole piece of technology revolution, methodology being created, devices being generated to so that the, the, the environmental data start getting uh, in the first pass, which is get the data collected, store it, transmit it, and hence we can build the right analytics. So that's where technology and the fintechs and the and, and 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 the whole digital transformation is helping this green process. From a regulatory point of view, uh, what are the? This raises a few questions. First of all, if you end up with somebody with a lot of that data, if if one institution or organization goes from twenty percent to eighty percent, that's that's a that's a lot of information for for one uh, one pool of of users or uh, or influencers. Um, is there a regulatory issue there with making sure that uh, this data is used properly? Very good question. Um, yes, so so there are so that and more importantly, I think the first, as I said, the data has to be collected responsibly, and and I think the the answer lies in how do you make the make the taxonomy more public and acceptable to everybody. If the taxonomy is well understood, then the data coming in. You are processing the data based on the taxonomy, and the taxonomy is something uh, not a secret. So, so that transparency of the taxonomy becomes critical for ensuring that people are comfortable with the data set being used for understanding the green uh, shift. When I I, I was uh, a couple of months back, so we use the frame called five T's. First thing you have to get the uh, taxonomy right, then you have to get the technology right, then you have to apply the technology to the transition we're trying to make. And then you get your asset getting transferred from brown to green. And what remains is the stubborn brown asset, you tax them heavily. So that the, the 5T processes will kick in as we think about technology, taxonomy, transfer, uh, transition, and then taxation. So that whole thing will come as a, as a, as a, as a, as a process as we make this transition. Do you have a sense of how long that process is gonna take? It will, um, it's a long way, it's a long way. My, I think the challenge is, I, I go back to my point, the challenge is data. Uh, and you also made a good point that, how to ensure this data is not abused? How to ensure the data is properly stored? How to ensure data is not manipulated? How to ensure the data is, uh, that the, 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 the incentive behind uh, such data is appropriate? If, if I want, if, if I'm going to, if I decide to bike you know, on a bicycle back to office every day, uh, and I, I'm willing to send the data to somebody who can give me a carbon uh, carbon point. Uh, how to ensure that my data is not getting abused? 
and it will be used for the purpose I'm, I'm trying to share my data. So the whole set of uh, thinking has to be built, but I'm, I must say the speed at which tech companies are pushing through the green piece is quite amazing. I think they will be, they'll be ahead of the race in many such uh, areas. One last thing I want to ask you about is uh, the other initiatives uh, that, that you and the MAS uh, SOP have, have been pr pursuing over the past several years. I just want to ask if, if there is something that ties this together with these issues we're talking about around sustainable finance. Yeah. What so, we yeah, you know, like Pro Project Ubin, which is now Partior, uh, mm -hmm. you know, working with Tomasek and, and others. Um, the work you've done in um, identity, whether it's just, you know, my info or, or other mm -hmm. kind of databases. Um, you guys were very early to put out kind of a, a framework for artificial intelligence ethics. Mm -hmm. um, uh, is, is there a common thread here or are these just discrete, discrete things and uh, that, that don't necessarily interconnect? No, no, they are, of course, uh, they, are, they have some sense of, they're all, I use the word called public good. Uh, if you want to make a true end state inclusive digital economy, there are certain public goods to be in place. Whether, it, whether we say SGF index, which is about data sharing in a trusted way, or you talk about Proxterra, it is about how do you make small and medium enterprise businesses to connect globally. Or you talk about Partier, which is essentially a public infrastructure or private infrastructure for public good to ensure that the whole um, digital currency and the payment infrastructure becomes uh, uh, a much more sustainable piece of shift. Uh, similarly for green, we also put another platform in progress called Green Print. And the Green Print platform has got three objectives. It has, it has got three M's, monitor, mobilize, monitor, and measure. Why mobilize is important because we want to put a platform, a marketplace where you and me, if we have a great idea about building a, a, a software or a hardware or some kind of tools to, to make the green transition uh, work, it's hard to raise capital today because a lot of the technology are very early stage. So we want to ensure there is enough capital backing this new technologies, backing these changes. So we are putting together a marketplace which will be where we'll mobilize capital for green. Second, is it like a platform? Second, once the capital is available to you, once banks start lending, how do you monitor this data? There has to be a, a whole set of APIs, uh, processes, uh, tech companies helping us to monitor this, uh, this deployment of green finance. And the last piece is how do you measure the shift is making an impact. So a, a bunch of tools and software to measure the impact of this shift. So we're putting a platform for green print behind this. On top of that, we also recently launched uh, our uh, uh, grant scheme, uh, almost close to $40 million worth of grant available for companies who are trying to make that shift in terms of building tools, solutions, software, and wants to prove a concept, we put money behind this. Anybody wants to build these tools, we are happy to put our money behind such experiments. We just launched our global green accelerator where we have promised that the top 15 will find a client for them so that they really build tools and processes and POCs which supports this transition and willing to put $200,000 behind if there's a POC worth uh, investing, uh, worth uh, supporting. So a lot of incentive in uh, investment platforms, public good type platforms called Green Print and encouraging industry to start building in basic infrastructure from data collection, data provenance, uh, uh, data analytics as part of the shift we, are, we want to make. Is Green Print something that uh, exists or is it some, still on the, uh, 
the we have started building effort. we have started building the 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 the, tool, the the platform in terms of designing the platform it's not gone live but uh, we have an existing platform called api exchange we're going to use that platform to uh, build that green platform and i'm hoping by end of the year you will get to see some glimpse of the platform okay well i'm sure by the next singapore fintech festival you'll yes. be ready to, to yes. show support well, we, we, yeah we typically will time ourselves to the singapore fintech festival right. any, any such measure uh, platform uh, demonstration or or showcasing so i'm looking forward to get to get ready before that yes well and and fingers crossed that some of us can actually visit singapore for the festival this year i i am very hopeful and even if uh, it will be a smaller crowd and they think go well and things get kind of under control I love to see you at the Singapore FinTech Festival, and uh, I love to be there myself. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, we can talk more more about public good, public infrastructure, uh, interoperable. And we didn't we didn't talk about in one thing we, we didn't talk about is the whole green finance is uh, data portability. This is uh, like like trusted data. We have to ensure the data are portable across multiple sector. Well, we'll earmark that for our next conversation. Yes. Thanks for your time, Saf. Great to have you. Good to see you and uh, stay safe and hope to see you in Singapore at the Singapore Fintech Festival.